Hello and welcome to the Halloween special <laughs> of No Other Crack Pod, where we're going to be talking about all things spooky and Halloween centric. Spooky. <laughs> Trish, take it away. <laughs> well, I suppose we'll have to start with where the origins of Halloween came from. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you've been on that, do you? Yeah, well, a lot of people, well, some people may know this and some others don't, but it did originate in Ireland. Samhain. So, yes. So it's the Celtic festival of Samhain and in Irish Halloween is Iha Howen. Um Yeah, it was so marking the end of the harvest season and the beginning of the winter or darker half of the year. Mm. And it was believed that it was on the eve of Halloween that dead spirits would visit the mortal world. Oh, yeah. They used to say what the boundary thinned between our world and the other world. So I think a lot of people, from what I was reading, they used to set tables like for their loved ones who had passed away because they would come back <laughs> just to... Just to visit the old gaff. <laughs> For one night only. And it's like, oh, I never even met up a bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But um, yeah, so the boundary thinned. A place was set at the table for the souls of the dead family members as they would revisit, seeking hospitality. And there was also offerings left at doors. So early literature says it was marked by gatherings and feasts and there was ancient burial the ancient burial grounds burial grounds were then open to the other world another name for the other world actually is Tiern and Oak which I thought I would mention because we had mentioned that in Into the West Tiern and Oak was the place they wanted to go oh gosh yeah yeah so I wonder um, as part of these sort of big rituals and harvesting and gathering of things, is that where the pumpkin carving came from? Because I know in Ireland originally it wasn't pumpkins, it was turnips that yeah. they used to carve. And actually, there's the Museum of Country Life in Castlebar. Are we ever in it? No. no. At Turla House. And I remember seeing pictures, yeah, the, the they actually had a turnip there. But like... I hate peeling turnips, you know, to cook for dinner. I'm like, how in the name <laughs> yeah. of God would you carve them? Like, I think there's such a hand line trying to carve a face into a turnip. Yeah, so it was turnip lanterns. Yeah, imagine. But they're terrifying, like way yeah. scarier than pumpkins. Oh, they look like severed heads or yeah. whatever. D- like, Or they're quite corpse-like. Yes. Mm. Turnip corpse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe we should actually carve one, like bring them back. You know how Halloween decor is huge uh, now at the moment? Yes. The Why turnips. Don't we introduce turnips into it alongside the little. What do you call the little mini pumpkin type things? Oh, gow. Begins with G, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll come to us. You know the way they're now. gourds. Yeah, gourds. We could have turnips as well. Turnips and gourds. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, I'll get down to carve it. I wouldn't even know what kind of <laughs> utensil to go at a turnip with. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like you'd need like a wee Stanley knife or something. Stanley knife wouldn't do it. I'd say it need a rock breaker. <laughs> like uh, you to get into it, a like. drill bit or like what do you call them? <laughs> I've actually seen people carve pumpkins with drills. That would be so clever. Don't try at home, kids. <laughs> yeah, cheapers um, or, or clumsy adults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it is quite difficult to carve pumpkins. But yeah, so. 
it was originally turnips and then obviously it was interpreted by the Americans to carve pumpkins mm. and jack-o'-lanterns. Um, also, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Of the time. Apples were a big thing as well. Back mm-hmm. in the day. Back in the day. So obviously, bobbin for apples <clears throat> is a game that would be done now at Halloween. Mm-hmm. But you know the way, like, there would have been a lot of kind of predictions done for, like, love and wealth and that in and around this time. It was yeah. kind of a very mystical time. But women that went bobbin for apples, it was said that if they put the apple under their pillow that night, they would dream of their sweetheart. The apple that they got mm-hmm. when they were bobbing. Yep. Right. That that was what they said at the time. Be quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Princess and the pea. Could you dry it? Or Mary and the apple. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like you know the way you used to, have to do that at school as well. What? Bobbing for apples. Yeah. Do you remember doing this in primary school? It was so like unhygienic. Well, we're saying it's unhygienic now just because we've all gone through a pandemic. If we hadn't gone through a pandemic, we'd all be sticking our heads in the same bucket. I know. (laughs) But it was really like awkward and you'd put your hands behind your back and you're there bobbing (laughs) away. And I had buck teeth too, so then I could never actually quite get at it. I would say you have an advantage no, with buck teeth. I didn't have like an even bite, so oh, I could right. not do it. And I'd be like, oh, here we I'm go pretty again. Sure I, like, I I'm remember. never going to get the apple. And if I do, then like when I take my teeth out of it, there'll be this big awkward bite. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I would just be begging to take that day off. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I brought goggles in before to go bob and <laughs> Oh my God. I hate the water in my eyes. Mm, yeah, not a fun so, game. Yeah, bobbin for apples. <laughs> then you had your apple on a string also. Also very difficult. You had to bite that too, did you? Yeah. And then to put a real, really put it in the mix, you'd spin it. Oh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing back in the day that was said, if a fair lady was to peel an apple, also that she bobbed for mm-hmm. or been into, and you throw the skin over your shoulder. Right the, or left? Oh, whatever is your preference. <laughs> um, whatever letter the skin would form would be the first letter of your future spouse. Right. Like a bit unfortunate if if it for didn't the Richards make a letter, letter, you're like, oh, Rogers. I'm going to be a spinster. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd make you could always say it's an I. Mm. Ichabod. <laughs> <laughs> Icarus Icarus Ian. The only Ichabod in town <laughs> Ichabod is what you went to first What? Ichabod Never even heard of that name before No, Ichabod Ichabod Well, it's got something to do with what I'm about to mention later so Oh, okay Stay tuned <laughs> Another thing I seen Hazelnuts were roasted near a fire One And the person roasting them They would have one hazelnut and then the other hazelnut would represent someone that they desired. So if the hazelnuts hopped off the pan, mm-hmm. that was a sign it was a bad match. Mm. But if they just roasted quietly beside each other, that was that was a good match. That was a match on Tinder. <laughs> oh, never heard that one before. Yeah. And also, I suppose everyone knows like things used to be hidden in food. Quite unsafe as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring the fun back. 
<laughs> so rings meant marriage, but they used to also put coins and things as well, which if you got it would mean wealth. God, yeah, because that used to be a big thing. I think we talked about that before. We did about the barren brack mm-hmm. that would have the ring hidden in it. You got the ring before, did you? Like every time, really. Like, <sighs> mum and you dad a little collection in your jewelry box. Mm. <laughs> mm, yes, I but do. But it was also like a whole big thing. If you didn't get the ring in your slice, you would well, you wouldn't get married or something. Which again, it's hardly like the end of the world if you weren't to find a spouse. Like, <laughs> oh, sorry, Jar, no offense. Like, I'm happy. But <laughs> Easy for you to say now that you're lapped up you in marital bliss. Isn't it mad how those traditions were wrapped up in this mm-hmm. being like their ill, oh, a fa- lot of Ill- ill-fated life? It was all yeah. about like partnerships. Which, yeah, don't be a spinster. Exactly. It's like um. I think people are they're all good <laughs> um so yeah that was things baked in things egg whites were also dropped into water around sound and this would predict the number of children you have again very like patriarchal yeah. society sure that, that was the crack back in the day marie <laughs> give the people something <laughs> Jesus, like, we're going to predict yeah. how many doggies you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many cats and dogs? What about their career? What about how many degrees? You're going to have a career in bread making. <laughs> so, yeah. And also, mumming. So, mumming was the term used for people dressing up to go door to door. Oh, like the mummers. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Like Darren was about them. Darren, you, Darren was a, were you a mummer? Were you a mummer? Yeah. Darren was a mummer! <laughs> like, can I, <laughs> I feel like this is an expose episode. <laughs> Darren was a mummer! <laughs> but, like, that's what I thought when I read this. So mumming was the term, but mummers, they're the big cone head things. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot more Christmas thing. I thought that. So sorry, Trish, what did you learn about mumming, first of mumming. all? Mumming? Mummy. <laughs> mumming. So mumming was the term used when people would dress up in costumes and that would be to disguise oneself from the spirits that had visited. Oh, right. Okay. On Halloween. Okay. So, so you would have yeah. seen this in different TV shows and all that. Like mm. I know, I think it was, what do you call it? American Horror Story. Mm. They had done a season before, but there was an episode where like the dead were coming back, but they were kind of like, Saying how confused they were because everyone was dressed up, but you see uh, that you know, do you okay, get me? Yeah. So obviously you're disguised yeah. in amongst the spirits. So I thought that then, mumming, I was like, that's very like the mummers. It probably is related because they would dress up to tell stories and poems and songs, isn't that it? I don't know. What yeah. What would you do, Darren? <laughs> what, did you, what did you just get up to? Just mumming around. The bingo. So yeah, Darren. Oh. oh, sorry, Darren is saying that and his during his time as a mummer, they would go to kind of public areas such as the bingo or whatnot, the pubs, <laughs> and they would perform a play or a piece. And each each mummer had a piece so, to uh, deliver. And Darren remembers his still. So Darren, if you want to speak loudly and uh, tell us no, or say it into the mic, no, I'd, I'd practice some lines oh, for next come week. On. Gavir, Gavir, my patriots fold, to what now I shall unfold. I'm sure, my name I'm sure you all know well, and ever an Irish heart shall dwell. I'm Kilshoff the mighty speed, son of Ronan of the fairy breed, who announced you the tidings grand, the advent of the fee in the band, and so on. And so on. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, mic drop. <laughs> we should have given him a mic for that. You should yeah. have had a mic for that. I know, darn. You need a mic. I'll do, I'll do it for the Christmas special. Okay. Yeah, because and Stay we tuned. need to we need to differentiate between the Christmas mummers and the Halloween mummers. Yeah, we will. Mumming. Okay, so moving on from mumming. Yeah. So you were thinking then about you know some of the costumes back in the day. Yeah, like you know when you were younger at Halloween. That there was a limited capacity for the costumes that you would wear in comparison to nowadays. Absolutely. <laughs> so really all you had was witch or vampire, both of which involved a bin liner. Bin liner. Which, so versatile in yeah. the Halloween costume industry. Oh my gosh. And like as long then, I mean, for, then you'd obviously you go up to Letterkenny to surprise, surprise or wherever and get a witch's hat. Mm-hmm. Like I can smell the witch's mm. hat, which also smells like the various monster masks you yes. could get, which were so sore on your face, held together with a tiny little ala- piece of elastic. There should be a Halloween candle with that scent. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that company you'd mentioned mm. before, is it the stinky oh, candle yeah. company should do it? And then you would have, the witch's hat had like usually hair attached to it as well, like a big yeah. curly hair wig attached to it. Um and then you'd get the vampire teeth as well that you yeah. could, the dentures that normally glowed in the dark. And then if you were feeling very adventurous back then, we're talking 90s or like throughout the 90s and possibly early noughties, um, you would get some face paints, which usually came in kind of a trio. So you would have white, All the black, primary colours. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'd have more. Um, and that was kind of your costumes like. And then it yeah. wasn't really until, I suppose, the last decade the costumes became a lot more sophisticated for kids and adults, really. Now, you're forgetting a key component of the witch's outfit. The broom. No. no. Well, the broom as well. Maybe I was just... A fancy witch. No you, <laughs> no, you remember these. Remember the nails used to get, but they were like oh, little yeah. things you put over your oh fingers. Oh my God, yeah. And you were like, oh. Yeah. They're like elongated your finger. Yeah, they were like inches. big witchy nails, but they were basically like, you just, yeah, you pop Finger them. attachments. Yeah, they were on your fingers. They were like, like prosthetics for your fingers. Yeah. I, oh, I can smell them too. Yeah. I can smell that like yeah. rubber. And. Because claw nails are kind of all in now, and that was definitely what they were. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I nearly forgot about them. So that was all with the costumes. Yeah, that was the 90s kids' costumes anyway. Like, I don't know if anybody had anything different. They can let us know. Yeah, I'm sure I might tap into my memory and think of something alternative that I came up with. Mm. Anything else now to mention there, Marie? No, in terms of the nostalgia, no, I think... That's about the height of it. Um, I did find an interesting stat about Halloween that in America last year, the spend commercially, the sales were was $10 billion is spent on Halloween in the States. Wow. That encompasses costumes, sweets and decorations. And that's up <clears throat> from $8 billion the year before. So it's like just going up and up and up. Like the interest, it's obviously, crazy. the internet as well as helping the interest mm-hmm. in Halloween. And I feel like Halloween is starting earlier and earlier each year. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But no, that's Thus us putting the episode out so early. Exactly. <laughs> hey, it's still, it's still October. We're yeah. good. So we're going to mention some scary movies. Mm-hmm. Halloween vibe movies. Yes, indeed. So I suppose first to mention is Hocus Pocus 2 is out. Now on Disney. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. It's not 
Oh, I haven't watched it yet now. But this just is another point in case of Rotten Tomatoes, which we always refer to. Hocus Pocus. What the was original? The, yes, the original. What was that on Rotten Tomatoes? God, I mean, if it were me, I would be giving it a solid 90 something, but I'm guessing it didn't get that. No, and this is why I think Rotten Tomatoes is obsolete in mm. some mm. cases. 38%. 38? Yeah, shocking. <laughs> Are they off their heads? Yeah, they obviously don't take into into account nostalgia, like yeah. So yeah, thirty eight percent and Hocus Pocus two is sixty seven percent so far. Oh, well, so that's they're good. yeah, they're both on Disney, and yeah, I'll definitely be checking out Hocus Pocus two. They look great. The witches haven't aged a bit. Not a bit. I cannot wait. <laughs> but like Hocus Pocus, the original is Halloween for us. Oh, it is. Yeah, I've already watched Hocus Pocus one. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like, I don't mean years yeah. ago. I mean this season. Yeah, this yeah. season. Oh my god! Like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. an annual watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. stick it on, like. Um. Whenever I first seen it, um, in my cousin's house, and it was the night my sister was being born. <laughs> Jeez. Because <laughs> me and Dom were at my cousin's house because, like, mom and dad were obviously up at the hospital, and then we were watching Hocus Pocus, and they rang to say, like, "Oh, you have a wee sister." And you were like, witch! <laughs> I was like, she's a wee witch. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was old Hocus Pocus. I seen another movie has came to Netflix, which I love. This is why I was mentioning Ichabod. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. You've seen Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, but I don't remember it as starkly as you, so I must rewatch it. So, and I think this is, it was one of the first movies that I'd seen like kind of hard like it is horror movie there's some gory scenes in it but it's mm. with Johnny Depp and your favorite actress to pronounce Christina Ricci yeah or Ricci <laughs> we still don't know <laughs> um and it's Tim Burton done Sleepy Hollow came out in 1999 70% on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. but I'd watched it again now that it's on Netflix like but it's just it's one of those movies that I find it very nostalgic because yeah. I remember the first time I watched it I was like oh I know a classic creepy yeah. but it is it's good Johnny Depp's really good in it must rewatch that and there's some funny moments in it it's quite dark like but mm. I like the aesthetic yeah I got the Tim Burton aesthetics hard to beat yeah so another thing then I was going to mention do you have you ever heard of Mike Flanagan don't think so okay so Mike Flanagan he's an Amer- American filmmaker creator producer so he is the series on Netflix. Maybe you've heard of them. The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Haunting of Bly Manor. And he also done Midnight Mass. But like I would consider myself quite hard to frighten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, these series actually like scared me. And they're really well written and have a good story. So The Haunting on Hill House, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Whoa. So that's actually based on a novel, Shirley Jackson. Um, and The Haunting of Bly Manor is also based on a novel um, by Henry James from 1898. Hmm. But yeah, they're just good kind of haunting stories, but very, very scary. Well, that's good coming from you if you're hard to scare yeah. as well. The Haunting of Bly Manor then was 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And he also done Midnight Mass. That was in 2021. So he has a new show coming out on the 7th of October which I'm very excited about. 
What's you're writing it down, but I don't think you're going to watch it. No, but I think I know what you're going to say. And if you, if, the if Midnight I... Club. Oh no, sorry, I don't. Okay, so the Midnight Club. It's based on a novel by this Christopher Pike. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of him? No. He seems to be a bit of an R.L. Stein character. Right. He's like a load of novels. Hmm. They're like kind of paranormal based, but for young adults. So the premise of this on Netflix, it says inside a hospice for terminally ill teens, members of an exclusive club make a chilling pact. The first one to die must send a sign for beyond the grave. Oh, that sounds good. <clears throat> yeah. If I could be brave enough to yeah. watch it. You can watch it and then tell me if it's. Yeah. They're really good series, though. They're like just mm, interesting. And, maker. Yeah. So what else now? I've meant I've loads to mention <laughs> I was going to mention then, Darren had put on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here in the background just to set, set, the, scene. set the scene. Marie, you're watching with one eye closed. Yeah. I know, I don't mind the, like, see the gore genre doesn't yeah. bother me. Like, I mean, I don't enjoy gore, but like it wouldn't be, I could watch it a lot more than I could the super paranormal. Yeah. I, I'd be the same, like... I enjoy watching horrors, but then it's like you're brave and while you're watching it and then it's like you're in the house by yourself and you're like, no, I know you can't go to the bathroom alone for a week. Yeah. And then you're like, you're lying in bed and you're getting frightened by your own heartbeat. (laughs) (laughs) What was that noise? (laughs) I know. It's horrible. Suddenly the clock ticking is the most sinister sound in the world. And why are the pipes so noisy? Yeah, when you're scared. <laughs> After watching horror. Mm-hmm. So I was going to mention, yeah, so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre you have on in the background, but I had watched a thing on YouTube. So it's a 1974 documentary called The Exorcist, The Cultural Impact. Oh. So you've obviously seen The Exorcist. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, I. Like... Uh- and I do find it scary, but also, and I mean, it obviously it's like the, a classic, oh, but on. because the special effects are so bad, sometimes it I, tr- I trick myself into thinking it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's my coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> so a, you've yeah. exorcist facts or yes. trivia? So a marketing technique that was used, I thought you would enjoy. Mm. So when it came out first, it was just in 24 selected cinemas. Mm-hmm. But it actually came out between Christmas and New Year. Right. Yeah. Um. So they handed out vomit bags in the cinemas. Did you know this? No. And like in this documentary that I'd watched, like it's actually hilarious because it's all these clips from after the film and people are like, it's amazing. It's great. And then mm-hmm. there was one moment coming in and she was like, I'm going to see if it'll make me vomit. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, yeah, the actor who Mercedes McCambridge consumed Mm -hmm. raw eggs, whiskey, and cigarettes to get the demon's raspy voice. I'm just thinking, give me a raw egg on a night out and I'll probably (laughs) be able to attempt it. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, that's a mad fact yeah and so there was a fire as well during the film and the whole set was burnt down bar the bedroom where the main exorcism the main crack took place yeah um 
also during the filming, the priest blessed the set after the fire. But there was nine deaths connected to the film, including the actress, the main girl, her grandfather died and the actor Jack McGowan died a week later after release. That is creepy mm. AF. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing you've seen, you know the vomit scene in it? That was pea soup. <laughs> Yuck. Who takes pea soup? Yeah. I have one wee fact about it, actually. About The Exorcist, you might have had this already, but it was the first horror film to be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah. I never knew I that. I have seen it before. Um, was it for special effects? I don't know if I have the statuses. The <laughs> horror genre has never gotten much love from the Academy. There still seems to be a bias against scary movies during awards season, but The Exorcist earned 10 Oscar nominations in 1974. Ten. Including a Best Supporting Actress nod for Linda Blair, who was just 15 years old at the time. Was it but Linda like the special Lisa? effects probably actually were good relative to that time. Oh, was it Linda Blair? Oh, Linda Blair, is it? Well, maybe this is I wrong. had Lisa Blair. I oh, don't I don't know. I could be wrong. Blair's the surname anyway. <laughs> L. Blair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Well, it a, a very, very good horror film, in fairness. I've years since I've watched it. Yeah. I remember actually years ago. I think it was when I had watched it. You know, the tongue, the scene where she's like sticking out her tongue. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch scary movie, you see the take the piss of it. <laughs> yes, that that's a good way to takes away the fright as well. Down, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's all the crack there. Um, I was going to mention, or I was going to ask you what was the first horror you'd watched. Because I was trying to think, like, I'm real safe. Say, like, even things like Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice, they were like Casper. That would be the type of stuff I had watched when I was younger. Like, and then I took ages to start watching actual scary things. It would have been actually our friend Jennifer who got me into horrors then because she would watch, have watched a good few when we were teenagers. I think yes. me and her watched The Exorcist together. Um, but the first one I actually watched myself was The Sixth Sense. Oh, yeah. That was like my first horror. Like, I know it's like not that scary to most. But scary enough. I was terrified. <laughs> Didn't see the twist coming at all. Twist? What? Twist? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I watched the end of it. <laughs> That's what I, yeah, I was thinking the first film I'd seen. Have you ever heard of a film called Stigmata? Oh, yeah. With yeah, Patricia yeah, Arquette. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even know. It was one of those. Extra vision runs as well. Yeah. Where I'd picked it up thinking, oh yeah, I watched that. I must have been like, I don't know, 11, 12. Mm. Yeah, that's a dark film actually. Yeah, really dark. Yeah. I think I was scared. Gabriel Burns in it. He's the mm. priest in it. That's rough. That is, that is, it's very rough. So mm. it's basically Patricia Arquette basically goes through stigmata and mm. has a current, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rough. Mm. <laughs> okay, for on memory, it's a quite a good film. But take on. I can't remember. I never watched it since. I don't think I'll ever watch it. No, again. Scared. Oh, jeepers. Um, well, our my favourite, like, one to watch, even though I, I it scares the crap out of me, is The Shining. Oh, yeah. Have you watched that? Like, years ago. But mm. I would watch it again. Mm. Well, we watch that every year. And, Gee. like, it never fails to scare me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, the twins yeah what does it scares you them wearing matching clothes 
<laughs> I know, like it's just how lazy of their mother, <laughs> of their late mother. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's because it's just so. Uh, there's so much tension in it, you know, mm-hmm. like the build up of his like psychological demise and the isolation of the hotel. What do you call the hotel again, Darren? The Overlook or something? Yeah. The Overlook. Um, There's loads of trivia available about it. Like, but, you know, just things basically. Stanley Kubrick, the filmmaker, he really broke the actress that plays Jack Nicholson's character's wife. He mentally abused her. Like, it was confirmed. He made the cast completely blank her and he broke her through bullying and she went through emotional turmoil to deliver her performance Um, and she she didn't do much after that i think she had a breakdown after that and she wouldn't have acted much more um jack nicholson jack nicholson actually wanted jessica lang to play his wife in it um he thought she would have been good in the role uh, there's, uh, uh, I would say she would have been on me. Yeah, no, it was it was very good. Like you can't imagine anybody other than Shelley Duvall in hindsight. But um, there's like that iconic "Here's Johnny," you know, yeah. that moment where he like busts through. He's such um, a mad looking face, anyway. Deranged. Um, and I was reading up that uh, that was a catchphrase from the Tonight Show. Here's um, Johnny. Yeah, so like the Tonight Show, the host at the time was Johnny Carson. In 19 or sorry no way before that in 1962 so jack nicholson improvised that line the here's johnny oh bit God. and stanley kubrick i think was english and he didn't get the reference at all so he at first wasn't really like into that improv mm-hmm. but it became then obviously like the most cult iconic, iconic part thing, of the yeah. film um and it's based on a stephen king novel the shining yes um our friend stephen <laughs> i was listening. going to mention our friend here too oh, excellent <laughs> you can segue into him but <laughs> i read the book as well over a summer years ago and uh yeah it mentally derailed me for a long time really the Ooh. book is rough rough going mm-hmm Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That's Stanley Kubrick. Or how do you pronounce the surname? Kubrick, I think. Kubrick, yeah. So Stanley Kubrick, Quentin Tarantino and Stephen King have all praised Mike Flanagan, the creator of those sh- wow. Netflix shows that I Good mentioned earlier. Good approval there. Mm-hmm. The fact that they've all praised him. So when you're on about actually Stephen King as well. I wanted to mention in the tall grass. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like sick of hearing me about this. No, but it's on Netflix, and that's another film like just scares the bejesus out of me. But I think it's just, you know, sometimes it's the simplest things that scare you. Mm-hmm. So the premise of this is: after hearing a boy cry for help, a pregnant woman and her brother wade into a vast field of grass, only to discover there may be no way out. I remember after watch, like after watching that film, like I was driving at night and like I was afraid to look in fields. Genuinely, like I was actually so freaked out. Oh, jeez, no, I'll not be watching it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, the scariest. I can't even talk about it. And that's the, Stephen King. Yeah, the scariest. I can't. No, I'm get. I'm gonna. Have Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> The Babadook. I can't talk. Yeah, I can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about it. That's the scariest I've been told to uh, ever squeal that I did. Who told you? <laughs> Dean Gallagher, probably. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> Dean used to send me Snapchats 
And then I'd open it and it, he the Babadook. Her, the Babadook, like. Thing. <laughs> so, like, I can't believe you were even afraid to say it there. It. I'm too scared to even talk. But I think if anybody does want a good fright, like, just do it this Halloween because, do it. Uh, well, I screamed. Like, we watched it during the day. The only reason I'd agree to watch it was Darren during the day because I thought that would be less. That's another good coping mechanism when watching horrors. Yeah. But I couldn't sleep for four nights after watching it. <laughs> and so, um, what is it now? Oh, who is it? The Exorcist director actually tweeted about the, the Babadook as well. Really? I've actually like, never like, seen the Babadook. Living, like, but anyway, the Exorcist director, William Fred Friedkin, tweeted, I've never seen a more terrifying film than the Babadook. It will scare the hell out of you as it did me. Um, this uh, is the director of the Exorcist. Yeah, uh, I can't find my info I had about the Babadook, but it came out a few years ago. It's an Australian psychological horror thriller about a um a woman and her son, and she feels that her son has sort of um learning difficulties, maybe or extra needs because he just doesn't seem to be able to cope with life, and he's coming up with these mad stories and things that he's seeing and reading in a book, and oh then my god, she, she gets that stressed through trying to help him that she then becomes manic as well and they both spiral and you don't know if it's their oh. mental warfare or if there is an actual Babadook. Babadook. Oh my god it's just Baba Babadook <laughs> Baba, Well actually for some Babadook. reason the Babadook is linked to like pride and everything. What? I don't know why he, the Babadook's actually a gay icon what does so the Babadook kind of, be at? Um, that cheered me up. So now that <laughs> kind of sort of made me like... You just imagine the Babadook of him would Because he's been embraced by that community. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We can fact check that. But yeah, there's like all now. these like things on, on the online of the Babadook with like the pride flag and stuff. That definitely... I don't is know. another coping mechanism. Is this real, Marie? <laughs> <laughs> but I swear, if anybody wants a good old scare this Halloween, watch that. But don't come for me. I'm warning you. It's I can't brutal. remember. Have I seen the Babadook or not? It you you would remember. Baba, Babadook. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I have. You've seen it, and yeah. you didn't even remember. Yes, it's ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I know where you. I don't even know what streaming channel it's available on. Like, but I can't. I couldn't even Google it because I was too scared. It's very like if anyone watches the Mighty Boosh or have watched the Mighty Boosh, you never watched it. No, it's very like the Mighty Boosh imagery. Okay, well, that's another way to there's cope. A, there's a. F- character in the mighty boosh that looks like the babadook but anyway moving on (laughs) yes please (laughs) is that all your yeah you're like yes mic drop it that's all that's all the movies and tv a very if somebody wants to watch something actually just quickly that's not too scary but is thrilling we watched a movie a few years ago called hush remember that one yes that's mike flanagan is it that's mike flanagan well that's a brilliant film so mike flanagan and his, that's his wife that stars in it because she's in most of the series as well. Okay. I'm so a Mike Flanagan fangirl. You are. He's I must very watch good. more of his stuff then because Hush was very good. For me, I could cope because. Well, isn't that interesting? It's frightening, but it's not paranormal. And it's a woman in a cabin in the woods. Well, not even a cabin. That's Mike it's Flanagan's like, wife. That's his wife, the actress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, she's great. She's um, amazing. She plays, and is she Kate de- Siegel? Is it? Is she deaf in real life? No, not that I'm aware of. Because the character is in the movie. Yes. Um, and then no, because she, she no. All right. Well, we can fact check. Maybe it. She yeah. Fact check, fact check it. Um. But anyway, she is Jamie? a writer who's retreated to this house with, of course, an abundant amount of windows in the woods. And yeah. then somebody's trying to either like kill her or rob the house or do mm-hmm. something sinister. And it's very tense because yeah. she obviously can't hear them creeping about yes. or going around the house. But then she becomes aware of the person and she has to try and deal with it. And it's re- oh, it's a great watch, but like it wouldn't. It wouldn't disturb you for yeah. like four nights, but that's she's, uh, she's, not deaf. she's not deaf. No, I was thinking. Oh, she, she plays a deaf character in the yeah. movie. Hush. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that years ago. So that's why Mike Flanagan gets such praise because he doesn't rely on these big scare, like jump scares. Oh, okay. He like builds tension, and you're like kind of preempting something the whole time, mm. which freaks you out mm-hmm. equally as much. Yeah, but he's yeah he's definitely a very subtle and clever yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan. Yeah, we'll have to do a part two because we, I could talk about more film and TV like for another hour, but but mm. I digress. We need to move on we'll to move our on. folklore and stories. So I'll start off with the first story. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Darren was giving us a wee time check. <laughs> <laughs> time check. So I'll, I'll run through the story. This is The Ghost on the Gap. The Ghost on the, the Ghost Gap. on the Gap. Oh, on the Gap. Yeah, so it's about Barnsmore Gap. Um, so this story... Barnsmore Gap's in Donegal. Yes. <laughs> a very scenic route for our international listener. Um, <laughs> the, so The Ghost in the Gap by Kate Slevin Photography. So I'll read it Ooh. out here. <laughs> in December 1983, a local man from Donegal Town was travelling back home from a dance in Jackson's Hotel, Bally Buffet. It was around half two in the morning. The weather wasn't kind. It was freezing outside with gusts and heavy sleety showers. Gusts of wind swayed his car as he made his way towards Barnsmore Gap and found himself having to use the windscreen wipers at full speed several times in order to see the road ahead. He turned up the heat in his Ford Escort and turned on the radio to take his mind off the hazardous drive ahead. As he approached the top of McGrory's Bray, he remembers thinking how few cars were on the road that night. In fact, he had not met a single vehicle coming towards him since he left Bally Buffet. Normally, he would meet a few late night trucks or some late night drivers coming from Donegal Town, but nothing tonight. Not one single set of headlights as he seen had he seen since his journey began. You feeling creeped out yet? Yes. Oh, you'll let you. I know I'm on my own tonight. Starts gigging. Well, at mom. least you're not driving through Barnsmore Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the night holds? <laughs> We've been through Barnsmore. <laughs> Just then, he saw a light flash far in the distance. At first, he thought it was a fleeting glimpse of an oncoming car as it rounded the bins, or it was a car taking the road to Castle Derg over the old bridge. It only lasted a second, but was definitely a flash of some kind. He remembers thinking it was kind of a strange colour, more of a blue-white than a normal headlight colour, but thought no more about it. Just then a heavy static buzz came from the radio, drowning out the music, and then it just went silent. The radio was still on, but no sound. Nothing. 
Must be the weather and the mountains affecting the signal, he thought. Funny it never happened before, but on his many trips on that on his many trips on that road. Turning the dial ever so slightly, he found another radio station. He didn't know what station it was, and the music was from the 1940s big band era, but at least it was music to take his mind off the ever-worsening weather outside. The sleet was now turning more to snow as the road approached the highest point of Burnsmore Gap. Expecting to meet the oncoming car any time, he was puzzled when he didn't meet it. As he approached the Castle Derg turn-off, with its old bridge sulking in the darkness, he saw something at the junction, but it wasn't a car. It was a young woman. <laughs> she was standing by the roadside, arm outstretched as if thumbing, but it was more of a wave than a thumb in motion. After a moment's hesitation, he braked and stopped in order to reverse back and give the woman a lift. He was startled when, before he had a chance to reverse, the rear door opened and the woman got in. How would she move so fast? He pulled up nearly 100 yards from where she had been standing. Maybe the heavy sleet and wind had confused him and he had stopped faster than he thought. He thought she whispered thank you as she closed the door, but maybe it was the howling wind. He wasn't sure. Starting the car again, he asked her to say when she wanted dropped off. And she answered with yes. He swears that the word yes sounded more like a hiss of a snake and he started to feel an unexplained feeling mixture of fear and sorrow. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Unlike today, the road narrowed as they drew closer to Billy's pub and having to concentrate on keeping the car in the road, he could only grab quick glimpses in the rear view mirror and and his silent passenger in the back seat. She sat in silence staring out the window into the darkness. Her face was extremely pale, white, almost blue from the cold, a blueness that reminded him of the flash he had seen earlier. With her face so close to the window, he remembers thinking it was strange that her breath wasn't steaming up the window from where she stared. Was she breathing? It had suddenly gotten very cold in the car and he reached down to turn up the heat. The heat was already up full. (laughs) First the radio and now the heater. He must take the car to the mechanic in the morning to have the electrics checked. Passing Biddy's, she never glanced at it. Her eyes instead... Tr- now, we all glance at Biddy's. Yeah, longingly. <laughs> That's suspicious enough. So, her eyes instead transfixed on the mountain side to her left. Not a word did she say. About a mile after Biddy's, she spoke her first words in a whisper. Stop here. And the next words she spoke chilled the man to the bone as he gulped and paused as he told me the story. Stop here. This is where I died. Ah! <laughs> fuck. I'm sorry, pardon me. <laughs> Babadook. <laughs> Ignoring the icy conditions, the man slammed on his brakes, but she was gone. The rear seat was empty. The door unopened. Oh, jeez. Far off in the distance, he saw the blue-white flash once more. Just as his radio announced 3am news on the RTE Radio 2. Oh, you'd be glad to hear it. I'm telling you. So there's the Barnsmore Gap story. (sighs) Scary. That was scary. Um, Yeah, well, so I don't really know if I can tell my one because, well, A, we're pushing it for time and B, Dad told me quite a good story. But we're going to maybe see if we can incorporate it. it. Incorporate it, Darren. And if Jeez. if we discover that we can't get dad's audio in, 
I'll tell it in part two of our Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we get it edited in, because Dad narrated it very well, I, I, I say. <laughs> I really think to do it justice, it has to be. Yeah, or we could actually in. invite him and he could tell it. A live retelling. On the pod for part two. Yeah. Because it's a good story, also set in rural Donegal and the mountains. Um, so yeah, we'll figure it out. Um yeah, my only, I'm trying to think of any other spooky things, not really. My only thing is um, we hadn't mentioned any sort of co- online content to do with Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I did follow a woman called Macy.Blackwell on TikTok, who has some quite good um, Halloween decor stuff, how to make your own ghosts and spiders at home. Love and Some good content like that. So if anybody's on TikTok, Macy Blackwell would be a good one to follow. Um, and yeah, I think oh, that's all my spooky well, stories. We'll have to spill the rest in part two. Yes. <clears throat> um, yeah. So if you have anything to add ahead of part two, contact us on Instagram or message either one of us on Instagram with your own. St- well, actually, yeah, it depends. <laughs> I don't know if I. We're going to have to add a disclaimer now if anyone watches Babadook. Yeah, if you do watch Babadook, don't tell me. I don't honestly care. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, I'll block you. I'll report Is you. It's annoying how much I'm saying Babadook. <laughs> kind of. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Babadook. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, share with us if you have other any other like movies or shows or stories. Like, we'll definitely try and get it included in part two because like we're early in the season yet. So, yeah. Um, you hit us up on at no other crack underscore pod on instagram or mm-hmm. message us with your spooky stuff and yeah i think we'll chat to you next week okie dokie bye bye